Hey, Bible students, my name is Keaton Pierce, and I'm your host here on The Curious Christian. We're going to tackle a topic today that has come up a few times recently for me, and, and I think it's one that, that you're going to be interested in as well. Many people, when they consider Christianity, they start looking through Scripture, they see the importance of baptism, they see the importance and the significance that it plays in the role of, of becoming a Christian and things like this leads to the follow-up question uh, beyond what's the importance of baptism, we talk about that, then it kind of has a logical progression that flows into the, okay, great, I, I, I'm ready to be baptized, um, who can baptize me? Which is going to be the question we're going to tackle today. Um, does it matter who baptizes you? Um, it, it, does the Bible give us certain instructions um, on this? And this is a question that I think many uh honest, good-hearted people that, that are considering Christianity have asked, uh, really since the beginning, who can baptize another? And we're going to look at this because because God placed baptism to be a central theme, to be a central action through our uh, process of becoming a Christian, right? This was something that Jesus himself engaged in. It was in some, something that when the church was being established, this was the command, right? We see in, in the book of Acts, go therefore, baptize them in the, in, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is a central, and, and we'll look at the theology of baptism in another day. But when we turn to the New Testament, we learn several things, uh, and a few things that, that we learn just because they're not there about the person doing the baptizing. And let me say this on the front end. Th- this is definitely a topic that can be interpreted a myriad of ways. Um, and, and so let me say that on the front end, that there's a variety of opinions about this, even a variety of opinions amongst people that generally feel the same way about the interpretation of Scripture. And we will go into to on another episode kind of some of the methods of, of interpreting Scripture and how do we do that. So this is this is definitely one that's a little bit of a hot topic. So if if if, if we disagree here, um, at least don't be surprised because this there's a variety of ways we could look at this. Um, but but we're going to try our best to stick to purely interpreting and inferring what Scripture points us to. That that's our ultimate aim in, in, in answering any Bible question, is what does specifically New Testament Scripture, although Old Testament can offer us some context, but New Testament is the New Covenant, right? That's Christ came and died and established this. So any question that we have, why does it say this? What am I supposed to do here? What's, my, what's the precedent here? We go to Scripture and say, okay, does it give us anything as, as an affirmative of this is what we should be doing? If not, then we kind of move to, is there an example given, right? Even if it's not explicitly laid out as this is, you are to do this, do we see others doing that? Um, and then we kind of work our way there. So we learn a few things about, about baptism. The primary lesson that we learned is that the, the personal characteristics of the individual doing the baptism have no bearing on the effectiveness of the baptism. Now, that's important to state because I think that is even a bigger issue than who can do it, right? Does the person doing the baptizing have any bearing or any role on whether or not I'm baptized, my salvation is secure? And and we know this because we learn all throughout Scripture, as long as baptism is completely immersed in water, we see Acts chapter 6, um, Acts chapter 8, um, give us, of course, the, the mandate to be fully immersed, and we'll again, we'll look at that in another day. As long as all those other things are done appropriately, Scripture tells us that baptism is, is, is a personal, 
it is a decision that is between me and and, and God. Um, it is a it is a decision between me and my Creator. And, and follow me down this train of thought. If we went down the rabbit hole that so, who does the baptizing has some bearing on whether my baptism is valid. I've brought this argument up before. Um, you know, what if the person doing the baptizing, somebody baptizes you, they say, "Hey, you know, they're they're the preacher at a at a church that you attend. They obviously proclaim to be a Christian, um, but to a degree, you don't know that for fact, right? They could be lying out their teeth. They could have never been baptized themselves. They could be completely living a life full of sin, uh, complete hypocrisy, and and to the to a degree, we would never know. Um, and then, you know, they baptize you. You go on and baptize fifty other. people people who then go on to baptize 50 each. I mean, you can start to see the math where if we went down that that train of thought, considering that Christianity, New Testament Christianity, is about 2,000 years old, by and large, almost every one of us that are Christians now all the people that baptized us prior to this, if if they if my baptism was contingent on someone else's uh, purity or righteousness or whatever contingency we're placing on it, all of our baptisms are probably in jeopardy. Um, of course, nobody is perfect except Christ. So we we see some of the the trouble when we go down the line of thinking. Does does who baptizes me matter? We look in 1 Corinthians, Paul wrote to a group of Christians that were dividing themselves into factions, into groups over their favorite preacher. Then they were saying, you know, I love Apollos, I love Paul, things like this. And Paul really got onto them and, and for claiming allegiance to anyone other than Christ. One of my favorite verses when we think about this is 1 Corinthians 1, 14 through 17. It says, I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, lest anyone should say that I baptized in my note in my my own name, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Paul's not minimizing the significance of baptism here, right? Paul is going to be a central and a key uh, proselyte, a, a key teacher in the theology of baptism when he writes to all, all these epistles that he writes to churches. He's not minimizing the importance of baptism. What he is doing is minimizing the importance of the person doing the baptizing, Right, uh, they they really don't have a role other than being a vehicle to facilitate baptism. Right, uh, the, again, we've already kind of looked at the danger of thinking that their righteousness or lack thereof has any bearing on my salvation. Um, it, it again, they're not doing anything in the baptizing. They don't have a heaven or hell to send me to. They don't have an ability to purify sin the way that that the Father does. So really, what are they doing? They're helping facilitate the act of baptism. But but that's really all that is. He's not saying the baptism, Paul, going back to Paul, is not saying the baptism is not part of God's plan of salvation. He's saying that the person who does the baptizing does not make a difference. The effectiveness of the Corinthians' baptism was not based on the characteristics of the person who baptized them, but based on their baptism as it relates to God's overall plan, and and, and that this is part of the cleansing, that, that's part of the forgiveness of sins. John 4 talks about this in, in various ways. The Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John. And as we keep looking through this text, it says, "...though Jesus himself did not baptize, but his disciples." If the characteristics of the one doing the baptizing were important, I'm going to assert to you that Jesus would certainly have been involved in the baptism process of all his disciples because he is the only perfect sinless life. Yet what we see in these verses is the effectiveness of baptism from John 4 was not lessened, it wasn't diminished because the apostles had done the baptizing. But we know for a fact that they were imperfect men. 
right? Um, you know, you could go on and ask the question, does the baptizing have to be a man? Um, and, and that's certainly a question that gets asked quite a bit. Um, and again, let me start by saying that there is probably a difference between what is scripturally required and what might be wise. We, we know from a lot of other scripture, and we'll do a whole lesson on the role of women, but we see throughout the New Testament that God places a high, high priority on women being in a part, a central part of the early church being a central part of his spreading of the gospel. We see that the women were, the older women were supposed to teach the younger women and things like this. Um, but we also know that, that, that women are not to usurp authority over a man, and there's a lot of ways we can interpret that. That will be its own episode, so we won't go down that rabbit hole here. But I say all that to say, um, does the one baptizing have to be a man? Some have looked into New Testament scripture and concluded that Every instance of baptism is one in which a man was doing it, uh, which would be correct. We don't have any instances of women doing this. That doesn't mean it didn't happen. We just don't have a scriptural verification of that. Um, Because we have these examples, they've concluded that in order to be baptized, a person must be baptized by a man. Uh, The principle of following biblical examples and precedents is is an important part of the way we interpret, and and much of the way that we worship today is done based on biblical example, biblical inference. Um, But it's an important part in determining authority over certain actions. When explicit commands and other information haven't been given, then in this case, you know, we have to look to examples here. The problem with this, however, is there's a major, there's a difficulty. I'm not going to say there's a problem. There's a difficulty with this approach. And again, it's what we've already talked about. What if the person claiming to be a Christian, a man, a Christian, um, wasn't in fact a Christian? Um, would, Would that negate the baptisms that are being performed? You know, there are a lot of certain uh, scenarios that we could go down. Would that negate the baptism if the person, you know, doing the baptizing wasn't perfect? Well, I'm going to say no, because that's the situation that every one of us falls into. It then goes down the line of thinking how faithful, if we're going to say that a Christian man has to be the one to baptize, how faithful would a person need to be in order to be eligible to do this? That's something we definitely don't have any scriptural reference for. So again, God didn't give us an explicit command about this. He gave an explicit command regarding the importance of baptism, but not on who could do it. He certainly didn't give us any criteria of who could do it. Um, It's most likely the case that many people were baptized by Judas, right? Who we know who would betray Christ. Um, Judas was one of one of the core group, you know, prior to Christ's crucifixion. Um, in John 4, again, when Jesus' disciples were doing the baptizing, Judas was probably amongst those. Did all those who were baptized by um, the son of perdition need to be baptized based on the character of Judas? No. The truth is that it, it would be almost impossible to verify the salvation of all those who, who would do the baptizing. Uh, The characteristics of the one doing the baptizing have no bearing on the legitimacy here. That's what Paul instructed in Acts chapter 19. He did not ask them them who baptized or what were the characteristics. He asked them, were they baptized? Not about who was doing the baptism. 
In addition, you know, some have gone as far to say that the people who baptize another must have some kind of official title, right? Elder, minister, uh, whatever. But we look in New Testament, and again, we, we don't see that stipulation anywhere placed. Um, can a woman baptize, right? This is a very hot topic in today's world. Um, the, the New Testament makes a clear distinction between the ro- roles of men and women. Um, that's not a lesser. That is just a difference, a distinction here. Um, you know, th- again, that's not to imply that there is any different status or value, uh, but there is a distinction. Based on that distinction, some ha- have asked, you know, would it be permitted for, for a woman to baptize since the Bible teaches that, you know, men are to be the, the public teachers, the elders, things like this. Um, in that case where uh, every example, we have we have men doing the baptize. Does that, does that preclude a woman from doing this? Um, I think we've we've accurately assessed that the, the characteristics of the the person doing the baptism have no bearing, um, and and I think you would have to conclude that gender would be part of that as well. Um, one can easily envision a scenario in which you know a non-Christian couple um, are geographically isolated. I you know we support mission work in India, we support mission work in uh, Africa, in in Micronesia, and places like this. And, and as far-fetched as this sounds to some of the American viewers, um, there's a real likelihood where somewhere out in the world, you know, there's going to be a scenario where people learn the gospel and there's not a, a man to to baptize, right? Um, so, so what do we do in the in these situations? Um, you know, they somebody wants to be baptized. They're learning together. There's no man available. Could they baptize each other? Um, I'm going to suggest to you that they could. I, I can't find a scriptural reference that would say otherwise. In fact, you know, um, we, we've had this example come up, right? This has been a real-world example in, in my own life. People have asked this question here. Um, you know, again... Suppose a group of women come together, no men are available, they want to become Christians, would it be permissible? Um, I'm going to suggest to you that that they should. What do we do with the idea that all baptisms were recorded in New Testament Scripture by men? You know, we're looking in the New Testament for approved examples. Um, however, we must be sure that we're not carrying the example further than the original uh, audience intended. Right, and that can be a very tough line to go. We we don't want to bind where God is not bound. For instance, the apostles met in the upper room, right, when they partook of the Lord's Supper for the first time. Do we do that in our modern churches now? I I don't know of any that do that. Not to say that they don't exist, but I don't know of any. Um, you know, there's you know we we, we don't follow that example. There were instances, uh, details surrounding the um, a, a lot of things in, in the first century that we don't necessarily follow verbatim. As this idea relates to baptism, the example in the Bible shows us, among other things, immersion is, in fact, the mode of baptism. A believing person is supposed to be, of course, believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that He came, and this baptism is for the forgiveness of sins. All of that is essential. It's laid out verbatim. Uh, But beyond that, there's not a lot of details that are given um, for the baptism. There's no case in which a person was baptized in a heated baptistry in a church building, right? But we do that um, almost every time. Does this mean that those who are baptized in that way were unscripturally baptized? Well, I don't believe so, and I don't think many do either. Uh, it simply means that those apps, aspects of baptism are different from the examples given in the New Testament, uh, but we look through proper study and we, re- and we recognize that those details aren't altering the significant theology behind baptism, right? 
The theology behind baptism is that Christ came and died, he paid the price for my sin, and that he instituted baptism as a ceremonial washing of sins, that this was an essential part of committing your life to Christ, having your sins washed away, both physically and and, and figuratively, right? Who dunks you in that water does not change a single ounce of that theology, does not change a single ounce there. Um, In fact, if we look in Scripture... All the men that did the baptism would have been Jewish men. Does does that mean that only people that can baptize now are not only men but Jewish men? No. Um, uh, again, who does the baptism has nothing to do with God's uh, recognition of a spiritual baptism. We're so thankful you joined us today. If you haven't already, make sure you like and subscribe to The Curious Christian on all your favorite podcasting sites so that you don't miss an episode. If you want to find out more information, more resources, head on over to CuriousChristian.net where we have all of our resources together, video content, podcasting content, and the like. We hope that you'll join us on our next episode, and in the meantime, stay curious.